Attention on privacy concerns involving biometric technology appear to be growing. For instance, recently, Facebook agreed to settle a privacy class action lawsuit in federal court for $650 million in a dispute involving the company's use of biometric technology and individuals in Illinois who used Facebook's social media site from June 2011 to September 2019. Meanwhile, Senators Jeff Merkley and Bernie Sanders recently introduced the National Biometric Information Privacy Act, which proposes federal regulations for facial recognition technology. The National Biometric Information Privacy Act is modeled after the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act. I'm Marianne kolbesak mcgee Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with health information privacy and security attorney Paul Hales of the law firm Hales Law Group about some of these latest developments involving biometric technology privacy issues. Paul was not involved in the Facebook biometric-related lawsuit. So, Paul, for starters, briefly describe what the privacy lawsuit against Facebook was about and why is it so significant in terms of its proposed settlement? Well, first of all, it's really significant because it's the largest privacy class action settlement to date, $650 million. It is unique in that it was based on, as you mentioned, the Illinois Biometric Information Protection Act. And that's an act that was passed in Illinois. And the reason that it was passed was that to protect the personally identifiable information of Illinois residents. And, you know, I think we probably have to say what biometric information is. Uh, Biometric identifiers are things like a retina scan or a fingerprint or a voice print. And in the case of the Facebook lawsuit, it was facial geometry that can be used to recognize and identify an individual. You know, Marianne, we're talking about personally identifiable information here. That's different from individually identifiable health information, which we normally talk about when we're talking about HIPAA. But I think that what we see, and you mentioned the National Biometric Information Privacy Act of 2020 that was introduced earlier this month, that's representative of a growing trend to protect personally identifiable information. You see it in Europe with the GDPR in states like California with the California Consumer Privacy Act. It's really a hot topic now, and it's a hot topic because of the dangers of identity theft. So, Paul, what stands out to you about the proposed biometric privacy legislation from Senators Merkley and Sanders, which was modeled on the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act, which played such a role in the Facebook lawsuit? One thing that uh, stands out is that it gives patients or individuals the private right to sue. And that's what brought the settlement amount in the Facebook case, up to $650 million. Illinois has a, under their statute, a set amount of damages, and the national law would have the same. So now, Paul, when it comes to privacy issues involving biometric technology, 
It appears to be a really hot topic with lawmakers and in the courtroom. What's at the bottom of these latest biometric privacy-related developments? I think that if we look at the Illinois Act, the Illinois legislature made a finding that biometric information is unique. It's uh, something that we can't change, like we can change a credit card number, but our fingerprints, our voice prints, they stay with us forever. So it's a much more dangerous type of information. And the finding continued, the reason for it, is to protect individuals from identity theft. And when we talk about identity theft, medical identity theft is the fastest growing type of identity theft in the United States. The OIG of the Department of Health and Human Services is one of the government agencies putting out a lot of information about the dangers of medical identity theft. The FBI says there's a thriving black market, by the way, and um, the medical identity theft that is stolen is used to commit health insurance fraud and obtain prescription medications. And as the Department of Health and Human Services says, there are only two things that are required for a criminal to embark on stealing medical identity. And those two things are the identity of a patient and the identity of a provider. And that information is really spread all over the internet. So Paul, what steps should entities and patients take to prevent becoming victims of medical ID theft and fraud? Well. What we see on the internet is that personal protected health information is all over. And some of it, much of it is actually posted by patients without realizing the dangers that they're putting themselves in with respect to medical identity theft. So they may post stories about their health care on their own Facebook page. They may review their health care provider on these medical review sites. But patients aren't restrained by any law like HIPAA. They're not covered entities. They've got the right to share their stories. What they don't realize is that when they put their name out there and the name of their provider, they're inviting a medical identity thief, a criminal, to contact them. And they have social engineering scripts where they, the criminals are able to get the information that's necessary to steal medical identity. As far as providers go, providers must have an authorization before they post any information about a patient on the internet, whether it's a picture or a video, or a response to a review, or create a Facebook page for their organization, then then allow patients to post on that Facebook page without first obtaining an authorization. One of the things that providers should realize is that Facebook and other social media organizations have contracts. In order to use the Facebook services, you have to agree to their terms and conditions. And of course, those are written by the social media companies to protect the social media companies. So also Facebook, which continues to change its terms and conditions and community standards, has made it easier to find how to restrict and review using privacy uh, settings 
any information that's posted by a patient on your Facebook site. So that is uh, something that the providers really need to be careful of. And I can see all over, you know, just by going to a healthcare provider's site, Facebook postings that likely don't have the appropriate authorization. So finally, Paul, are there any other major pending class action lawsuit cases or legislative measures involving privacy and biometric technology that we should keep our eye on for the remainder of the year or into early next year? Well, just to remember that biometric technology is personally identifiable information. Now, it can be individually identifiable health information, but not necessarily. Individually identifiable health information is defined as information that's created or received by a healthcare provider that identifies the individual and relates to the provision of healthcare, and that includes full-face photographic images, videos, biometric identifiers, and so forth. So there's actually two very interesting cases in the Southern District of New York right now. They involve Instagram, and the plaintiffs are suing defendants who they say took information that these plaintiffs had posted on Instagram and used it without their permission. The defendants said, well, you've given Instagram a worldwide sub-license to use that information. But Instagram came in and said, the license was given to us, we didn't give it to you. So that's an example, I hope it didn't get too complicated, but that's an example of how these contracts really protect the social media organizations. So I would strongly urge anyone, any provider who's using Facebook or any other social media platform to read through the terms and to do that with a lawyer. Uh, we, we study these all the time so you can avoid getting into trouble. And also for individual patients, it's important to realize that once you put something on social media, if you're doing it on Facebook or Instagram, that information, well, you own it. You've licensed Facebook to use it. And I expect to see, as we get through this COVID-19 hiatus, I expect to see a larger number of class actions being filed, if not against the social media providers, more likely against the entities hospital systems and so forth that are using social media without a, a valid HIPAA authorization and they're not protected. In fact, the contract uh, that under which they set up their Facebook page, if we're talking about Facebook, protects Facebook. And Facebook says you, the user, are responsible for all content on your page. So it's it's going to be interesting. And don't you hate it when lawyers say this is going to be interesting? Thanks, Paul. I've been speaking to attorney Paul Hales. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.